and it's, he's limited when it comes to being muscular. Well, I'm pretty muscular, 240 pounds. But you're not cut up, and you're not that strong as Ravishing Rick Rude. That's true. No. And you don't possess the ability in the ring with martial arts as the great King Haku. That's true, but I'm a pretty good wrestler on my own. What? From Television City in Hollywood. The following rustic exhibition requires discretionary viewer participation. Hello everyone and welcome to another exciting edition of GFA Live. I'm your host Peter Winston and today for GFA Live 126 we are going back to the World Wrestling Federation continuing our journey through superstars in the fall of 88 with the October 8th edition from that year where there's going to be a very important addition to the superstars lineup on this date yes it is the first brother love show which i always mix up which one was actually the first brother love i, I always had it in my head that it was hogan get the crap beat out of him by boss man but that's still another couple weeks down the road and there's nobody that i would rather have on this journey than my amigo my compadre but the only padre who's not getting a hundred million dollars my best friend in the whole world for real a man who these days could be best described as the Steve Zahn of podcasting, Mr. Keithy Langston. How are you? Is that just because I'm everywhere now? Do you remember like 1999 to 2005, Steve Zahn was in literally about 87 different movies? Yes, I do. I, I always prefer I, mean, I always I would like to think of myself as the Edwin Jackson of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh if i had the baseball 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 drop i would play that isn't that the guy who played for um more major league teams than, than any uh, other person yeah <laughs> i did see a thing and i know we're not doing gfa red zone this week we're, we're a little early for that but i guess the 49ers signed josh johnson who is now on his 14th nfl team which is oh. amazing because it's 32 teams I think when he came into the league, there was only 16 teams. <laughs> Josh Johnson? I think everybody else calls him Vicky, though, don't they? Uh, <laughs> everybody calls me Vicky. Uh, Phil Hartman, on your mind, just like mine, because I was watching <laughs> season three of News Radio last night. Ah. Uh. What an easy watch, that show. It's a weird, it's the weirdest show ever. Well, maybe not ever, but it's an easy watch overall. Sure. Other than other than when your your mind drifts and you start thinking about the fact that Andy Dick is probably very much responsible for Phil Hartman's death. One hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred percent. Everybody knows he was the one that reintroduced like drugs to his ex-wife or to his wife. Yeah. Yeah. At a at a, at a Christmas party. Yeah. It it, it really ta really takes being a giant cock in order to and it's fitting that the guy's named Dick. To, to get everybody behind John Lovitz on an issue. Because <laughs> while John, well, we might enjoy John Lovitz's performances and all, mm. you know, he kind of, you know, he kind of comes off as the uh, Dick Slater to Phil Hartman's Terry Funk oh. in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, I would say so. 
good job by me drawing this back to wrestling. This Seriously. Is ostensibly a... Uh, and drawing it back to NWA. <laughs> well, we, we're going to leave the NWA in the rearview mirror for a couple of weeks. I, I think... Even the Holy Spirit in the rearview mirror, did it? You know what? You know what it's like. It's like the people who go to mass four times a year. That's us with the NWA. <laughs> we'll we'll return to the altar of Dusty in in a few weeks as we hit the more of the Christmas yeah. season. Yes, <laughs> that's really funny. Actually, we're gonna come back, baby. <laughs> the the, cro- the Crockett sale closes around November first, so we'll, we'll pick it up on the first um, uh, Turner show after the, <laughs> the Crockett sale. Uh, the, <laughs> So, so you, I, I'm actually excited to be back for World Wrestling Federation action. I, I sent you a list of options last night because God knows I got to know who's on the event centers just so not so I can hear what they say, yeah. but so that I can think, crack jokes about, you know, some of these people. The, uh, the ECPs, if you will. <laughs> event center promos. Yes. That's in the GFA live dictionary. <laughs> and 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 you chose uh and I know you put out a poll on this. Yes. That uh you chose version one. I did. Mainly for King Haku and Akeem. Yes. But also you said we get uh Danny Davis, uh Ken Patera in the yeah. year of our Lord nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, Ken Patera. Late late stage Patera. <laughs> late stage Patera. He is he is definitely metastasized in, uh, in any any number of different ways. You know, because Ken Patera's name because Patera sounds like Patella, it wouldn't surprise me if there was a disease called late stage Patera out there and it hmm. affected your knees. <laughs> it causes you to lash out violently at the police, I think, mm-hmm. is, is what that is. Did you know that Ken Patera's brother was the coach of the Seattle Seahawks for like six years? Really? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. He, I think he might have won NFL Coach of the Year in like 78, 79, somewhere. Really? There, but yeah. Huh. I don't know if he latched on somewhere else, but he had a decent enough record with well, that. Well, I mean, then again, I mean, it's Ken Patera was a real Olympian, right? I mean, he was 72. Yeah, usually the, uh, you know, like athleticism kind of can be in the family. You know, multiple people can be, you know, well in the family there. So it wouldn't surprise me, but yeah, my brother's good at softball and I suck at everything. So <laughs> no, you're obviously good at podcasting. This is, this is the 83rd <laughs> podcast you've done in the month of December. <laughs> uh, All right, well, so yeah. so I got to do something tricky with the with the videos this week because sure. the video with the good audio quality does not have the introduction, and you know okay. how much I love the introductions on Super yes. It's not the Vince and Jesse back and forth so much as what's Vince going to do after he tells us that we're in Indianapolis, Indiana for the second straight week. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, in either event, we miss Watching. we miss the Grand Canyon. Uh, <laughs> the first it. thing we hear is Oakland saying, watch, watch it. Yes. Are we going to bet on what he mentions? No, I, I actually already know <laughs> what he mentions. So what? <laughs> all right. There are two events coming mm-hmm. soon to the Market Square Arena in Indianapolis. Okay. I'm going to take a guess <laughs> and say it's the... International Flower Show 
or um, the Westminster Dog Show. I, w- I would highly doubt that the Westminster Dog Show would move their thing from Madison Square Garden to Indianapolis, Indiana. Okay. All right. So let me take that on, say, like Disney on Ice. Okay. I'm surprised. I'm surprised you didn't go with the obvious one for the Market Square Arena. So I'll let it play. Okay. And also this week at the Market Square Arena will be rock legend Rod Stewart. Later on in the month, the Indiana Pacers from the NBA will be hosting the Dallas Mavericks in an exhibition game. I mean, what is it? The Pacers or the Rod Stewart is the obvious? No, the the the. Indiana Pacers, since it's their home arena, but it is a little early for NBA season. But as Vince pointed out, it's a preseason game against the Dallas Mavericks. (laughs) Like, why would anybody in the world care about that? Well, all right, uh, Rain Man, tell me who was on the 1988 Dallas Mavericks. (laughs) I know you know. Well, if (laughs) if memory serves, Sam Perkins, I think, was there at that point. Oh, wait. Let me go to ba- let me go to basketballreference.com and look this up. Mark Mark Aguirre. Mark Aguirre? Yeah. So not Mark Maguire, Mark Aga Aguirre. Aguirre, yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Mark Aguirre. Hmm. Yeah, this is this is long, long before uh Dirk Nowitzki. Uh but yes, yeah, Sam per- Perkins, Roy Tarpley made appearances in between uh lines of cocaine. Uh, Bill mm-hmm. Wennington, who would be known much more for his role on the Bulls teams in the 90s. Oh, Adrian Dantley was there. Okay. You're Mark, looking this up. I, I, I am <laughs> yeah, looking I was, it up. I was going to say, like, this isn't, you're not pulling this from your friggin' recollection. Like, you're looking this up. <laughs> Although, <laughs> that'd be great if you, if, if the, <laughs> the visual image of you just going like, oh, Yui Blab is on that team. <laughs> Yeah, you know, remember Stewart. him, number thirty-three, the center. You don't remember him? <laughs> no, no, I no, I do not. Ronaldo Blackman. How about Brad Davis? Do you remember that guy? <laughs> I vaguely remember Brad Davis as being on the Pacers uh, later on. Oh shit! You know who's on the Dallas Mavericks in nineteen eighty-eight that we would both be excited to know about? Oh, Detlef Shrimp. <laughs> oh yes, that's right. That would have been before the. Uh, that was traded before him. He- he got traded to any, or he signed with Indiana. Also, and, and finally, the the great Derek Harper, who mm. uh, used to work at a TV station down in Dallas with my my friend who was working there as well. Mm. And he walked. My friend walked past him in the hallway, and, and Harper just like pointed at him like a six shooter and said, "You have a good day." <laughs> <laughs> so every time I see Derek Harper, I immediately. <laughs> immediately think of that oh my god how funny is it that that's where this leads yeah oh they Run. finished fourth that year in the uh midwest division so midwest division. hello everyone i'm vince mcmahon along with a man who certainly thinks he is a rock star a film star and every other kind of star jesse the body ventura mcmahon i got a question what is a hoosier ain't that a kind of a vacuum cleaner vacuum cleaner we're set for action here oh wasn't exactly Vince and Jesse's best work, though. Isn't a Hoosier a back vacuum cleaner? Oh, it sounds like that's a Hoover, Jesse. Uh, no, I'm, I'm looking. Vince, I was trying to be funny. Sorry, I, I I cannot stop staring at the little film there that has all these guys who are either barely there or gone, mm. like Bundy. Mm. 
And now Vince is going to read through the lineup of this week's show. And then I'm going to switch over to the other video, okay. <laughs> which is much better video quality. We got the Warrior, Brother Love, Blubber blubber Love. Look at this fucking lineup. Demolition the, wearing the scary hockey masks photo. We got the tag mat, tag champs. Yes. Crockers. Oh, the fucking JYD. And this might be a requiem for JYD because I'm pretty sure that this is this is it for him. You think so? Yeah. I mean, he, he's gone by Survivor Series. He gets fired on the European tour, which happens about mid-October. Hmm. And his his warrior. Yep. Well. Now, Vince had mentioned that Jesse was, you know, an actor or a rock star, blah, 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 blah. And it made me think about, you know, because he had mentioned Rod Stewart was coming to the Market Square Arena. Do you think, like... Would you have wanted to see Jesse sing like Maggie May and, you know, uh, twist in the night away? Like some of the hits that Rod Stewart had put Forever Young. I think I would love to hear Jesse's version of Forever Young. I'm willing to just keep Jesse on the piano. You know, Jesse Lee Ventura. Yeah. What the hell, Warrior? He just fucking like nearly ran over Howard Finkel for no reason. How do you do you want to do you want to know how Jesse would sing Maggie May? <laughs> I I go ahead. You go. Wake up, Maggie. I think I've got something to say to you. It's late September, and I really should be back at school. <laughs> I know I keep you amused, but I'm feel I'm being used. Oh, Maggie, I couldn't have tried any more. You <laughs> let me away from home, <laughs> just like Vince McMahon did and made me feel alone you stole my retirement fund and that's what really hurts i am the only wrestler who can do maggie may at karaoke actually a lot of people be... don't know that how did i not replace it to wake up terry bolea i think i've got something to say to you too many too many syllables <laughs> wake up bolea oh it works with Wake up, Bolea, I think I got something to say to you. <laughs> I notice you're not paying any attention to this very important Ultimate Warrior match where he nearly killed the poor enhancement guy by throwing him over the top rope like like the way yeah. one would do a stun gun. Yeah, well, you know what it was is I, I had I, I didn't I wasn't watching this screen. I was looking at I was looking at the lyrics from Maggie May. Oh. So I apologize. I got wrapped up in my bit. He's not grabbing the guy's balls. He's grabbing the no. trunks. So, yeah. at the at the very least, I always like that the the most homophobic wrestler had the most homoerotic moves. Like, you know, grabbing guys by the balls, lifting them up. You know what I mean? Doing the gyration on the ropes and everything. I mean, just what was his deal? Well, it's an overcompensation, clearly. Like I, I'm no psychotherapist here, but. You know, it's just like when Eugene Portacovo offed himself in The Sopranos, mm. and yeah. immediately Vito's like, well, maybe he was gay. He used a different word. <laughs> because, you know, Christ. you can't talk to anybody. I mean, I just I just saw the replay of him stun-gunning the guy over the top rope. Christ, oh. all Friday. <laughs> yeah, I know. He could have he Charles Austin him on that move. I mean, again, this is a guy, this is a poor jobber who lost the game of gin in the back. 
<laughs> he had to take the warrior. Oh, there he! Oh, there he is, the warrior man. On on the update segment, Genius changed his tie again. He's with the. You are wearing a dark red club tie in a Windsor knot. No, I am not. <laughs> I, I, what was that line that Gene? I don't mind telling you, I'm not wearing a tie at all. Yeah, that's what it is. So we're at the whatever happened there segment of our program. Oh, what happened? What do you think? Well, now it's been two weeks ago since the uh, on the October first superstars. I, I would assume they're going back to Akeem, right? From two weeks or oh wait, did they cover that last week in the whatever happened there segment? Well, what ha- what 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 ha- what would have happened last week? Did we look up and all right when we last watched WWF? We watched the previous week superstars. Okay, we did. Okay, so we just took a sojourn. We didn't we didn't skip a week. All right, well, let's hear what Gene has to say. What the fuck is Gene talking about today? Hi, everyone. I'm Gene Okerlund. Last week, here on the Superstars of Wrestling, I had an... Oh, Oh, yes. (laughs) Right. How could we we forget Ted DiBiase's infringement on the 14th Amendment? (laughs) It's actually the 13th Amendment. Excuse me. But I had a thought, and I made a mental note to discuss this, and, and I never got around to it, where I thought to myself, he didn't... Heenan so. technically is a slave trader here, mm-hmm. <laughs> which which makes him every bit as bad. And I thought, hmm, it is a weird you know term to use for him. And then I, I was I was out sick from work earlier this week. Bobby the slave trader. <laughs> and it, I put on a prime time from October of '88 because I, I always think that provides good background for some of the superstars because you have a little talk segment between Gorilla and mm-hmm. Bobby. Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately, this was one of those gorilla is out, so Vince was subbing in. Oh, you sent me the picture of that, and you went, what a terrible replacement. And the chemistry between uh, Vince and Heenan is 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 not even close. Oh. But Bobby says, what do people think I am, a slave trader here? And I thought, <laughs> oh, okay. So he, he said it openly on the October 9th Superstars. So you love that Bobby it, was actually agreeing with you. Yeah, it was the October 10th primetime wrestling. To interview the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase on the subject of his newest and proudest possession. After after Hercules was done sanitizing his hands. About a special new possession that you have acquired. (laughs) Sanitizing his hands. Oh, he's flexing. Yeah. Yep. Oakland, from the first day I set foot in the World Wrestling Federation, I said it, and I proved it time and time again. Everything and everybody has a price for the Million Dollar Man. You've seen the things that I've bought. People kissing my feet, wiping the sweat off my body. I have cars, I have boats, I have planes. You name it, I've got it. Now, Oakland, I have made the biggest purchase of my entire life. I have something that nobody else in the world has. All right, uh, <laughs> not including Saudi Arabia, where I believe slavery is still legal. I, I mean, again, I have to come back to this point of just I don't know why he was obsessed with owning a person like even in kayfabe standards. Like, why? It's a power like, move. It's just a yeah, power. But what's this? Oh, but come on. Is that really freaking Ted's thing? Is he just he just wants to flex that and be like, I own this guy like he owned Virgil. The, the whole thing leading up to like. When they were building him up in 87, it, yeah. it was all just him being a dick for no reason. Like, 
why does Ted DiBiase want to use a community pool? <laughs> that that's the question people should the have question. asked nope. themselves. That is the like, question nobody asked. <laughs> because he's a cock. That's, um, that's why. I mean that a man Ted DiBiase. <laughs> like, why would he spend money to go to the emergency room for a paper cut just to be a dick? Why? Why would he? Offer this money and then kick the ball away from a kid trying to dribble a basketball. Yeah, but that I, that I can understand him being a dick. It's the it's the owning a person. Like I just don't like. Doesn't he realize that there's just some very negative consequences for that one action? I think Ted just got bored. He would get bored and he would do <laughs> stuff like this. And when Teddy would get bored, you know, <laughs> bad things would happen. Like he would get- try. He would try to buy slaves. Mm. He would try to defraud the state of Mississippi. Bad stuff happens when Ted DiBiase. I was going to say, he gets bored. You know, he runs for president as a loop. (laughs) Yeah, when DiBiase gets hungry, uh, it gets a little strange. So have a breadstick. That would be nice. (laughs) Unfortunately, Hercules ate Mm. all of them at catering. But he he got so bloated by 90. Ah. Yeah. And they, they, I didn't realize the catering was presented to you by uh, Olive Garden. <laughs> hey, you want carb stuff? These these dudes are craving carbs. Yeah. DiBiase's description of slavery without saying it first, it's kind of funny as well when you look back on it. Oh, yeah. There's a long history of this. Nobody has it anymore, but I do. Well, the other thing you have to remember is that, you know, Bobby Heenan's broke by this point because this is really where the money is drying up. I mean, I know he was a shifty businessman and he's he bought back Andre's contract for a quarter of the price he sold it for. Oh, but, no, like 10 cents on the dollar. But Bobby has always been known to be uh, not only, you know, deep pockets, short arms, but also, uh, you know, he, Bobby, I think Bobby's always been poor. <laughs> Bobby Heenan is the is the real life embodiment of Ric Flair. That can't no. He's a hustler. He's always no. Hustling. Bobby's Bobby's the real life embodiment of Ric Flair. Whereas oh, Ric Flair Ted now. DiBiase, Ted DiBiase was supposed to be what Ric Flair was, mm. but Vince was paying for him. Bobby was actually living the life and fucking broke all the time. Be precise. What I'm talking about, Oakland, is I have purchased, I have bought and paid for my own personal slave. Slave? Wait a minute. This is 1988. What are you talking about, slave? Let's hear about it. What am I- Hercules with a big smile on his face just says, oh, he's talking about some other guy who's yeah. not me. Hmm. I wonder if he's talking about, um, I don't know, hmm. Bad News Brown. Oh, you know, I, I'd like to think of I'd like to think that this whole thing was just a shoot and Hercules didn't know what was gonna happen. And he just went with it. What a yeah. performer Ray Hernandez was. It's 1988, dickhead. Talking about you've seen the things that I own, the things that I bought. I purchased the greatest bodyguard that a man can buy. We're talking about important the shit like taking the Yossi's bought Hercules. And I gave him at my disposal at a price. A giant. What am I talking about? Yeah, there's still some sort of agreement where DiBiase has a timeshare interest in Andre, and they've kept they've kept the loose association going. Might as well. No, not really. I mean, well, yeah, but I mean, uh, after, who, after, who SummerSlam, after SummerSlam, he really didn't do anything with Andre anymore. Right? Um, 
Who interferes at uh, WrestleMania five in Andre's match? Ted DiBiase. Yeah, but that's more. That was more because of Jake. No, he had, DiBiase had no problem with Jake. He the, DiBiase and Virgil went down to steal the bag because Andre wanted it gone. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Oh, excuse me. I apologize. God forbid. In fact, I have audio footage of of. Uh, oh, you do. Oh. Andre talking to DiBiase of what he wanted to do with Damien. What he's got to go. Oh. Is that what he said? Andre was very, he could be very eloquent at times. You, you think of him and talk on like this. He, but really, oftentimes, he huh. would he would sound a lot like uh, Richie April. Hmm. He would sound like David Provel. Yeah. Pro <laughs> oh. Hercules! <laughs> uh, uh, wait a minute, gentlemen. Can you do me a favor? Yeah. Can you download the clip um, and cut the soundbite of Oh, you won't cry now. Just so like, <laughs> you can add that in all the time. <laughs> I just you need we need more Richie in this show. <laughs> I feel like there's an awful lot of Richie. I mean, he's only there for like ten Sopranos episodes, and I think he's got three drops. Can we get the one where he? So right after he says, "Look at this fucking lineup," he's got the one where he goes, "The fuck you doing here?" <laughs> <Can't we> just, <laughs> That's what we should do anytime there's a run-in. Just, the <laughs> fuck you doing here? Hey, Richie. Hey, Richie. You know, it it would be a welcome change from my normal run-in drop. Which... They're fucking agents, Frankie. No, Look no, at no, 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 no. <laughs> that you got to leave in if it's if agents run in. But, like, if so, for instance, let's talk about the aforementioned WrestleMania 5 match. When, Jesse, when Jake is in there with Andre and Ted DiBiase comes in to steal the bag, you go, Richie, you draw the joke. The fuck you doing here? <laughs> well, who the fuck let you in? <laughs> See, that was a it that was a surprise run in that when you think about it makes sense because it of DiBiase and Andre's connections and DiBiase was bored. Yeah, he I was guess you're put, right. He was put in there with the Buckman Street barber in the third match of the night, <laughs> where basically the only thing he's there the only reason why that match happened was so that uh, Virgil could shake hands with Donald Trump. That's yeah. pretty much the only reason why that match had to happen. Yeah. Well, if I remember from hearing my brother tell me about Brutus talking eloquently, he was waxing poetically about the uh, WrestleMania 5 match. And I believe Brutus said that Ted was supposed to get a haircut that day, uh, but he decided not to. <laughs> oh, oh, and Brutus was going to win the world title from Savage, but they changed it up at the last second to Hogan. <laughs> that was the original. That's what he said the plan was. Everybody shoot interview sounds exactly like that, yeah. except for the yeah. Warlord. I never nope. had a problem with Brutus. No. Warlord is the only one that shoots straight. When he's talking yeah. about these, he never once said that him and Barr were going to win the tag belts. They knew their place. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to go back and say I I loved the green the green suit on Ted. I don't like the green suit. Oh, because... I love the I, I always actually I got to think I love all of his suits. I love the the silver one with the purple trim. Ugh. I love the, the, the suit. The black and gold one is my favorite. The black and gold one is good, yes, but I I like the original black and gold, not the one that like came later on where it was more uh it looked more fabricy. Yeah. I like the sequences better. And then there's the all whites too. The all whites. 
Yeah. <laughs> this was during the, uh, for, for you NFL fans out there, this was during the Ted DiBiase, the, the color rush jersey that, <laughs> that he has. Yeah. And then DB, DiBiase never had a throwback suit. I think he should have had thro- throwback suit at some point. Yeah. Like at SummerSlam 92, he should have come out in his original, the silver with the purple trim. That would have been really good. But no, also, the, the, the white, when it became, when it was like the snakeskin, that was a good suit. It also would have been nice if, say, on the European tour, if he was working in London or even at SummerSlam, if he had changed the dollar sign to the uh, British pound sign. I don't know what that's called, but like that that little thing. Euro wasn't around then. The Euro wasn't around. Imagine if he's <laughs> imagine if he's in, he's wrestling in Italy and he's he goes to like what was it before? It was like. It was I can't think of what it was before then, like the Italian coin or whatever. But he changes it to that. I mean, mm. but we, we don't hear from Ted. We hear from Hercules. Who, oh, boy. Uh, obviously, I, I just laid out my theory that this whole thing was a shoot on him. And Hercules, reaction was genuine. Fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I'm really going to be this guy's slave. Hey, but... Bri. Oh, we're we're now having conversations with Brian in the middle of the podcast. Oh, you can hear that? Oh, yeah. Wait, you can hear when I do this? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. I thought I was, no. <laughs> yeah, you might want to return your mute button. I, I hope thought you that saved was, the receipt. I was, I was going to say to my brother, I was going to say, Pete refers to Beefcake now as the Buckman Street Baba. <laughs> he was only there once. He was there several times. He had several conversations with you, and he talked about winning the world title. <laughs> I thought I was on mute when I pushed that button. Shit. So you heard when I was yelling at him earlier because he was goofing on me saying we're watching 1992 wrestling. And I was like, it's 1988, asshole. And I also and I also heard last week when you when you thought you were on mute and you said that will hold that SOB. <laughs> oh, I would hate to disappoint the SOB. <laughs> All right. Here's Hercules. It's her kid. DiBiase, no amount of money and no amount of pain you can inflict on me can make the mighty Hercules any man's slave. This time, Ted DiBiase, you will be the one to pay the price. Vengeance will be mine. <laughs> All right. Well, strong words from Hercules. Strong words from a strong man. So wait, does your mute button just not work? Well, are you? can you hear me now? Well, I could hear you just a second ago when you said, can you hear me now? But if you're talking right now as I'm, well, I'm talking. Not, no, I'm talking and I push the mute on my. Well, you know what I want? I wonder what. Hmm. That's really that sucks because I've been doing some shows and like every once in a while I do. Well, you know I what? Push, what? I think it's probably a setting that I changed here. I turned off the noise cancellation entirely. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, French. We're, oh shoot! I almost missed Frenchie Martin there. Oh yeah. But I think I, I. No, I. I think I changed the setting, where I'm gonna re- revert it back to how it was. Okay. So now, now, if you mute, I would hope that it would be. How about now? I can. I could hear you when you said, "How about now?" Oh, see, I, shit. I hope it's not coming through on the recording because, like, I, sometimes I, I, I'm going, you know, like, oh. Take a look at that trollop. I mean, but sometimes it's like it's a. I use it as a, it's the it's the mic it's the mute button on the blue yeti on the blue yeti. So I'm wondering if that. No, it's got to be that. I haven't heard anybody else complain yet. <laughs> All right. Well, God only knows. I probably fucked this up. Oh, look, I fucked this up. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I prefer... go ahead. No, I would prefer that. Yes. But, okay. Um, Frenchy Kaiser. <laughs> we got him back in the house. He's a very, very coherent priest. Still more coherent than any of the Von Erics. <laughs> Frenchy Von Erich. Frenchy Von Erich. Oh, come on. Frenchy Martin. With microphone in hand, a moment ago. And shit, they should give him my microphone. For Dino Bravo with the Quebec province flag in tow. Dino speaking to somebody who could probably match strength with the ultimate warrior. They really don't give a shit about uh, this about Frenchie Martin too much, because they're they're just they're talking over him too. You know what? You know what? It was? Can you hear me differently now? A little bit, yeah. You know what it was? I had what? my settings. Instead of it being on my Yeti, it was on my friggin' MacBook. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> so. Yeah, so you can't hear me now. Wait. What a fucking idiot I am. <laughs> yeah, I don't even I don't even know what to what, what to say to you anymore. Come on, huh? Yeah. <laughs> let's let's pay attention. Pay attention to the audio setting that, that you're on. Pay it's attention, like, you fuck. You can see mine, I'm on the MPOW yeah. one. Which I always order MPOW chicken when I when <laughs> I go for you know I've had Chinese food like three times this week. Pete Peter likes his chicken spicy. I, Friday night I was at the Kowloon, New England's premier Asian dining experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, what do you I, have? What do you have up in up where you live? Is it good? <laughs> I usually get from this place called Fuji. <laughs> Let me tell you what I get from Fuji. Let me tell you, I get egg roll. I get orange chicken. I get fried rice, and I get veggie lo mein. Let me tell you. <laughs> Incidentally, I think I've been screwing this up for, for a long time doing podcasts. I, I think I always said that it was at Survivor Series 88, ding, where Fuji did the let me tell you to end a sentence. But it was actually at WrestleMania 5 during uh, during the 5K, the 5K interview. I don't know why, but Fuji Chinese food is <laughs> yeah, they, they've never ribbed me yet, though. No. Actually, what about when you get spare ribs? No, okay. no. They actually did rib me one time when I ordered like twenty five dollars worth of food, and this was like probably early twenty twenty one, maybe maybe in the spring. And I went there to pick it up, and they were like, they they, they definitely recognized my name after a while, and they're like, oh. oh, not very hungry today, are you? Mm. It was like. A normal portion for like two people. It's like, sorry that I'm not ordering eighty dollars worth of sushi. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you get you like sushi from there, huh? Yeah. Well, sometimes I get it. Mm. Yeah, but yeah. So we get an inset promo from Dino Bravo. <laughs> so again, um, let's talk more about Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's hear what he has to say, because. I'm sure he's going to say, I'm coming right at you, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, because I know by defeating you, I put a little bit of shame in every American in United States of America. Okay. What, you think I did? You think I wasn't going to recite the Dino Bravo promo from 88, Ding? I, I mean, well, I mean, I was going to say, do you think that he just repeats that all the time? Yes. <laughs> I don't think Dino Bravo, the man, is smart enough to come up with different various promos throughout his career, his illustrious uh... career. 
lot of pride in being the world's strongest man. But from now on, I'm going to take a lot of satisfaction in waving our colors throughout the world, especially in the U.S. of A. <laughs> yeah, they're pushing the Quebec provincial flag rather than... He can't wave a flag for all of Canada because they still want him to be a heel. And if he starts waving the Canadian flag, he might become a face in Canada. Mm. Well, and the, no, U- because... and the USA is not okay thing was pissing people off, like, yeah. legitimately. So they decided to go away from that. Well, this is, again, the height of Reaganism. So uh, George W. Bush, or George Bush the first, excuse me, is... Uh, you know, just a mere weeks away from winning his presidential election. Can't you just call him 41 and 43 like a normal person? <laughs> no, I prefer to call them Bush Sr. and Bush, Bush, either Bush the first or Bush, I usually say Bush the first. Not to make this reference again, but the presidency with numbers, it really is like the stonecutters that you were given a number in the order in which you joined. <laughs> That's true. Like, why does Grover Cleveland get two different ones? Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, you would have thought that they would have just said that this is the second presidency for the 22nd president hmm. over Cleveland. Like it would have went it would have went 20, 22, 23, 22 again and then 25. I don't know why he had to be 24. Now, as we go now to the event center with with the qui- the quiet man, Sean Mooney. Yeah. Well, there not, he is. He's not yelling anymore. A dramatic change can only mean one thing. And, of course, we are talking about Akeem. This is the first Akeem Event Center promo that we've seen. ECP. He doesn't, oh, have, a logo. Hand, oh. He doesn't have a logo fucking, yet. And his hand's already in, like, a formation of doing the jive soul, bro. Yeah, oh, like, George Gray was like, yeah, figure out how to dance on your own. And he just watched the Holy Spirit dance over in Crockett and was like, all right, well, I can do that. <laughs> that guy's just as fat as I am. <laughs> He doesn't look out of place. Aww. It's just as fat as I am. You got to credit Akeem. He had a pretty good beard, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is there People anything? They forget I, that. It's, I'll tell you, man. Going back on this journey that we've been for how many episodes? 130-something or whatever? This is, one, this is 126 today. Okay, so 126 episodes that we've done this journey. And then all the episodes you did on your own. It's made me appreciate a lot of the mid-card guys a lot more. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like I I mean, I never in my life would have thought I would have had such an affection for Warlord and Barb and, you know, guys of, uh, who else? Obviously, Akeem and, well, Sid's the main eventer. But, I mean, me, it's just. Me and know. Barb, we never had a problem with Akeem. No. <laughs> Even though the Twin Towers kind of stole our spot. You know, so, never okay. had a problem with him. He Look ne- at George never- Gray, though. He looks beautiful. He's just, he's there. He's just so, you know, he's dashiki. <laughs> and we're, we're entering that kind of six-month nexus, I'd say. Nexus. Uh, where it might even be a little bit more than six months. Where you could argue that Slick is the top manager in the company. You could argue. I'm not going to say that it's true, but from from basically the Akeem and Boss Boss Man beating the crap out of Hogan in a couple of weeks, yeah, and the Akeem stuff, yeah. There, there's this period of time where you could legitimately argue that. Now, I think yes. it ends around the time of 
the Hogan boss man steel cage match on Saturday night's main event, which is the end of May. Mm-hmm. What? And he's also saying exactly a lot. Yeah. No, you're one. You're one hundred percent correct. I mean, yeah. He's probably Bobby, not going to. Bobby's kind of like, well, because Bobby's not. If you remember, Bobby wasn't really involved in the Andre Hogan Mega Bucks Mega Powers feud because he's kind of taking a backseat. None of the managers have a world title feud because it's moving on to bad news, and bad news don't associate with anybody. Mm-hmm. And in the tag teams, you got Fuji. He's kind of, you know, Fuji doesn't even have a guy in singles. So he's almost like you can't even really count him. Yeah, Jimmy's got Honky going out back after the IC. But you you could argue that Slick is the top manager at this well, time. Because every time on TV, Savage is the world title program on TV is Akeem and Boss Man. Yeah. On TV, not yeah. the house show circuit, but on TV, because the Saturday night's main events and stuff is Savage against Akeem and what Savage and Boss Man or Boss Man and Hogan or Akeem. I mean, yeah, no, you're, you make a case. You're making a case. It's. I've always joked about late stage slick. This is prime slick right yeah, here. This is prime slick. As, as, Superstar Billy Graham said at SummerSlam 88, Slick looks clean tonight. This is this is treatable Slick. Jiving is what we're about, but it ain't what we're all about. Because the whole boy is about dishing our pain. Mm. Meet wrestling's latest brother. Oh, yes, and he <laughs> is a brother. The only difference between me and him is that he's medium rare, and I'm well done. And he knows how to get Right, right, you are you right on, brother. Give me some dab. Hey, let me tell you something, brothers. Holy shit. This is Akeem talking to you, and I'm talking especially to the wrestlers in the WWF. I've been reborn, I've seen the light, so watch out. (laughs) Wow. What (laughs) can we can we get that redone in today's day? Probably not. He's medium rare, and I'm well done. Holy shit. If that's not the best description of race relations in the 1980s, <laughs> I mean, how it should, how it should be. <laughs> I'm going to need to snip that and post it on Twitter or on my YouTube channel or something because, oh, oh, my God. But it's, 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 almost, it's almost well comforting to think of that Slick Views, slick views Race in terms of just sh- shades of steak doneness, I like that. <laughs> well, uh, I, I would. I'm trying to make a joke about Vince, um, uh, Vince and Raw and uh, extremely white dudes, but mm-hmm. to say, I guess that does explain uh, Sheamus's title reign back in 2010. Yes, <laughs> he he was raw. He mm-hmm. he was some, somehow less than raw. He was frozen. Like still, he was, he was flash frozen. Um, if, okay. So if, if Akeem is medium rare, slick is well done. I would say bad news is medium. Well, um, <laughs> I'm not sure we can say these things. I think maybe slick only slick is allowed to say these things. Well, I was trying to think like who, who is Ahmed Johnson just like burnt. Plus you, you, you all this talk about like meat and everything, you, you're kind of making me hungry here. I kind of want to, I kind of want a hamburger very, very badly. 
<laughs> Speaking of which, here's Ken Patera. <laughs> See the softballs I give you. <laughs> Fucking Patera. Okay, I, I know we Patera. talked and we talked about him earlier, but he's he's gone after he has one match that airs on TV after Survivor Series thing. Mm-hmm. I think he loses to Bad News at like an LA Sports Arena show. But he's gone by the end of the year, and I think he's in the AWA by the time of that bat. I don't know if he's there for the Battle Royal for the world title that Larry wins, but do and, you think that, do you think he's bitter about like what happened to him? N- not the arrest, but like after the arrest and after J- like, I mean, do you think he's bitter about like coming back and really not having anything to do? Or do you think he was kind of like thankful that like Vince kind of let him back and had gave him a, at least gave him something to do for a few, No, you no. Know? Have you ever watched the Ken Patera shoot interview? It's the exact opposite of the warlord. The guy is angry about <laughs> about everything because he feels he was railroaded, and he he may have been in in a lot of ways. He yeah. might have been. He, I think he might have been a victim of one of those. Well, the DA is running for reelection, so he's got to put on a big show the prosecuting. It, it it actually was one of the one of those things. Yeah, but, but the fact remains that Ken Patera <laughs> is like a world class prick. Who like is angry at everybody? It's like mm. what he's like. Oh, fuck you, Vince. Like you could hear him say that on like on like these shoot interviews. Like, gee, I can't imagine why you were found guilty by a jury of what peers. A, what a fucking set of balls, though. I mean, the guy went to jail for something stupid. He comes, he gets out of jail, and Vince actually gives him a job again and a push that only yeah. got, only got derailed by not. Not the fact that people weren't buying the whole rehabilitation. It was more when he hurt his arm in at, in August or July. I don't know when it was taped, but it was on an August Superstars. He body slams an enhancement guy. He hurts his arm. I think yeah. that was the last Greeks for Valentine I did. Hmm. <laughs> Weirdly enough. <laughs> my, my hiatus there is lasting longer than Patera's arm injury. <laughs> but not as long as Bob Orton's. <laughs> There's also... The the whole Patera that there's that blooper of a promo of him butchering a promo in like yeah. eighty seven or eighty eight that yeah. that's kind of famous for around this time so because he's just not natural as a face promo that's the whole problem here yeah it's like it it, it doesn't fit it's like Ricky Steamboat or Tito Santana trying to be a heel it's like mm. no, we don't we don't need to see that but anyway let's see how he butchers this one. Butchering, I'm only saying because, you know, that's what a guy does with meat. You know, I've become very patriotic when I watch our American athletes compete in the Olympic Games and World Championships. But my hat's off to our athletes in South Korea. My praise goes out to you. You know, there's an old saying, bigger, faster, stronger. Well, with each passing generation, you have to be bigger, you have to be faster, and you definitely have to be stronger in order to compete with the rest of the world in all athletics, especially amateur athletics, and which is the epitome of the Olympic Games. So all you little boys and girls out there, don't ever forget, you can do it. Always hold your head up strong. Always hold it up high. Because you're not losers, you're all winners. No matter what your efforts are, no matter what you're competing in, you know that you can be winners and always keep that attitude. Okay, because I did it, I achieved, I went there, you can too. Ken Patera, the former Olympian. Right here, the year of the Summer Olympics, it brings to mind all the great things that Ken Patera did in the Olympic Games as well as the World Games. He has transferred... Okay, yes. Well, we made it through that, didn't we? I mean, he didn't stumble through it, but he had nothing to say. Yeah, I mean, that was the, 
that's definitely a guy on his way out. Like if you're if you're doing your event center promo and you're just talking about watching the Olympics, uh, we got nothing for you. <laughs> hey, if there's one thing I can tell you, kids, it's uh, don't throw bricks through windows at fast food restaurants. Mm. <laughs> or, or or or. I don't know if it was a brick. It might have been a rock. And speaking uh, of which, here's the Rockers. <laughs> the only thing that would have been more appropriate is if the boss man came out right now. <laughs> and there's the great Sandy Beach from uh, Herb Abrams' UWF fame. Yeah, they should have had a nice little quick promo with Patera and the boss man. Now, see, that's where you have the nails thing come in. We Patera saw, should have been nails. We saw a boss man promo on Patera where he where they alluded to, we know you don't like bars. Right, but what that would have been a good that would have been a great way to bring Patera back into the fold in '92 was have him be the one that was getting beat up by the boss man, and then there you go, you got boss man's a face, nails is. Um, Are you honestly suggesting? Are you honestly suggesting Ken Patera in the year of our Lord, 1992, when he was completely washed in 1988? Um, instead of Kevin Wachakowitz? Yes. All right. I think you're you're letting your hatred for Wachakowitz blind yourself to the fact that that one would have been just as bad. <laughs> every every bit is bad. Agree to disagree. <laughs> Spe- <laughs> speaking of legal issues, here's Shawn speaking Michaels of, and Marty Jannetty. Speaking of bad, here comes an early promo from the Rockers. Let's, let's hope that Marty, is, Marty... Oh, do you want to bet again and see who, who talks longer? Oh, yeah, that's right. That was a thing <laughs> that we had uh, a short time ago. Yes. Uh, well, I got to get the stopwatch out. Okay. And we, and we know Marty's going to talk first. Now, keep in mind that these things are like 15 seconds. And also, they clearly don't trust Shawn Michaels at this point, which is something that I wish that they had uh, kept. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to take a stab. I'm going to say that Shawn talks. <clears throat> Does Marty talk twice as long? I think Marty talks twice as long as Shawn. So if it's 15 seconds, I'm going to say Marty's got a full seven Ten. and a half seconds. Well, that's that. That would be half. <laughs> so he's got eight. He's got eight, eight over eight, over. Yeah, I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking they'll get twenty seconds. It'll go. It'll go thirteen and seven. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Let's see how long we do. We'll... Yeah. Speak with the Rockers earlier on. Here's what they have to say. You know, the Rockers are on a roll, and we're getting better every day. Step by step, we're getting closer to the top of the WWF. That's right, and the teamwork you're seeing right now is what sets the Rockers apart. It's what makes the Rockers the WWF tag team specialist. Woo! Wow. This was amazing. I-, I timed it out, and they were almost exactly scientifically even, let's mm. say. I had... Marty at 7.04 seconds and Sean at 6.97 seconds. Okay. Yeah. Right. And I guess the woo is is both of them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, they don't have a they don't have a feud yet either. They they debuted in June on Superstars. And they might have been having matches with like the Conquistadors on house shows, but they're not in a, a formal program. No. Is their that, first like formal program like the Rougeos probably? Well, the Rougeos are with the Hearts now. Really, it takes till Survivor Series, and and you got them 
unless they're facing the Bolsheviks on house shows, which I don't really have much of a because the Bolsheviks are facing the powers of pain. Mm. Really, Could it have been demolition? Because Jesse did mention demolition. But. They mentioned demolition mainly because they're the champions, and that's kind of the ultimate goal. But they don't really have a program until the Brain Busters, which oh, yeah. starts pretty much at Survivor Series Day. Big one of them still on the shelf, isn't he? Are you referring to Tito Santana and Rick Martel? Yeah. Unfortunately for Mr. Martel, yes, he is still out. Yeah, well, I, I think the Rockers should take that into consideration and uh, maybe become junior heavyweights. Ooh. <laughs> I think Sean should have uh, taken that into consideration. He could have gone to Global and won the light heavyweight title off Barry Horowitz. <laughs> Uh, you're a real, you're a real prick. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might be, but I didn't charge seven thousand to christen uh, somebody's kid. <laughs> seven thousand, I tell them. Yeah, you're right. It's actually, you know what? I'm going through. I'm looking here. It is the conquistadors. So you're right. It's they're pretty much going around fighting the conquistadors. Nobody has a problem with the has a program with the conquistadors. It's just like, all right, you have matches with them every yeah, yeah. so often. That's fine. But that's but that's what that's what we had. Slow and so. steady wins the race, and in the Rockers' <laughs> case, it actually works out for them because the Bulldogs, while they're paired with Demolition right now, they mm-hmm. have their own issues. And they're going to be gone, which means the Rockers automatically move up one spot. Yeah. I mean, think of think of the face side in that Survivor Series is the Young Stallions are pretty much done as a team shortly thereafter. The mm-hmm. Bulldogs are gone. The Hearts are kind of in and out. Where yeah, they're facing the Rougeos, but they're they're probably they're not presented as strong as they once were. And the Powers of Pain flip to the heel side with Demolition coming over. They had a couple of matches against Demolition. I didn't realize they actually had matches against Demolition back in 88 or 89. I, I think there's one in October of 88 at MSG. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And the Rockers were very good against bigger guys. I mean, them versus the Powers of Pain, January of 1990 at MSG is, I think, a hidden gem. Mm-hmm. Might not be a hidden gem in our circles of people who you know, seek out this stuff, but it is considered one of the better MSG matches from that 84 to 92 era. Sure. And here's bad news. So you turned down the event center promo, but we're going to get him anyway. So there's a good chance we'll get an inset promo. And bad news, the thing about bad news is he wants a title, title shots, but Savage Savage isn't really acknowledging him yet. No. We might not get an inset promo, though. You better keep your eyes on bad news. And bad off he'll be right there as quick as a cat. And bad news is not your classic style wrestler. He doesn't worry a lot about getting holds or this and that. He's a brawler. He's a fighter. Indeed he is. Yeah. So I'm just I'm going through their cage match and I'm just looking. So the so the Rockers had like a pretty like they went from like the Conquistadors, you know, a couple times they fought Demolition, but they went to the Conquistadors pretty much to the Brainbusters to the Rougeos. 
And then after the Rougeos, they went. They, they were doing a lot of matches against the Powers of Pain, and then the Powers of Pain in Fuji. So they were getting like six mans, adding in like um, you know either like this hacksaw a couple of times, and then I think um, Hercules yeah, and, and stuff like that. And then they move right to like the Orient Express. And you know what? We'll see the Brainbusters in a couple of weeks, but. A lot of people talk about, oh, Vince always wanted to make those NWA guys look bad. And it's like, well, if he was really interested in doing that, wouldn't he have put the Rockers over Arn and Telly all the time? Yeah. Because what were Arn and Telly going to do? They weren't going back to Crockett, okay? Because no. they they had their contracts breached. And uh, when they did try to go back, <laughs> obviously things had changed for, for Telly. Yeah. There's the uh, Ghetto Blaster by... Uh, yeah, I mean a lot of these a lot of their victories over the Brainbusters is pretty much like DQs. Yeah. And then the Brainbusters like soundly defeating them. So it it was one of those feuds where I think both of them got elevated within the promotion by mm-hmm. it, but you weren't really doing any clean finishes. And if, no. if you were, the Rockers would get pinned due to cheating. Kind of like well, I, I talked about it in the past. The Paul Lohndorf Roddy Piper feud of 85. Right. You're not going to have any clean finishes there. No. Oh, look at this. Bad news arguing with a fan. You got to protect both of those guys. But, hmm. man, those must have been some good matches, though. Like, good bangers of matches. The Busters and the Rockers. Like, around Easily the whole circuit. circuit. Yeah. The, the Saturday Night Main Event match between those teams, even though it's like a double count out. Yeah. Also can make the argument that is the best Saturday night's main event match that there ever was. Did Shawn Michaels ever have a match against Barry Windham? Uh, no, they never would have. They never would have crossed unless he gave the stalker a title shot in 96. Because that would be great to think if I'm going to look up Barry Windham, because if he did, then. Are you just feeling guilty because you thought that we killed Barry Windham earlier this week? No. After, no. after doing a show where he had two promos and we made did. fun of him and then he almost died? He never did. Yeah. Because I was going to say, aside from Barry Windham, or I was going to say, aside from Sting, I was going to say, I don't think, I think Sean has pretty much wrestled every member of the Horsemen. <laughs> Except Barry Windham and Sting. <laughs> Well, technically, did he ever actually wrestle Paul Roma? Because laying outside the ring during the match doesn't count. No, no. They had a program with Paul okay. with Power and Glory. So right. aside right. from Sting and, oddly enough, Barry Windham, because I looked on Cage Match and it doesn't look like he ever had a match against Barry Windham. I don't think Sean ever wrestled Ole. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure of that. Well. <laughs> the, the Holy Spirit wrestled uh, Ole on many, many occasions. Oh, God. Can um, I bring your attention to bad, th- this gimmick that we're doing here where yes, bad I, news is arguing with a fan I, in a macho I, madness hat? I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with Shawn Michaels versus the horseman. What can I tell you? Macho Madness, one of the fans of Outrank Socks. This guy's a little Who's this plant? Is that Rob Bartlett? It's a hard time. Oh, 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 oh. Piece of garbage! Piece of garbage! Give me back! That's me! I can't believe what he's doing with that bitch! A hat? Never had a payoff on TV. 
What, what uh, bad news and the hat guy? Hat guy Dudley? <laughs> yeah, hat guy Dudley. And, no, like Savage and bad news. Never had a friggin' payoff on TV. Well, yeah, because Savage got bigger things going on. I know, but like it would have been, they could have done a Saturday night's main event in December and it could have been bad news and Savage where you get the blow off. What well, the fuck the, else were they going to do with the by guy? By the time, well, there were those matches of which none are on tape where Savage had turned heel but he's still facing bad news because yeah. it was a promoted match. And that's that's my number one dream is for like a handheld of one of those to ever see the light of day. But mm-hmm. I don't think it's I don't think it's ever gonna happen. Probably not. All right, you your brother Brian, whatever happened there, is uh, <laughs> uh his poker buddy is now on here. All right, let's see what he has to say. Yeah, he's still mad at Ron Bass, even though he brought it all on himself. Mm-hmm. You know something? Big outlaw Ron Bass. You have got my attention. Big time, son. You know what you did to me with those spurs? You tried to put me out of wrestling. You tried to rip the flesh from my body, pull the skin right off of my head. You wanted to see me down, and you wanted to see me out. But you, you didn't get the job done. So now, next time it's going to be a lot different, Ron Bass. Because just because you're big and just because you're ugly, that doesn't scare me at all. I'm used to it. I'm used to getting the job done. And when I come to do a job, pal, only I know how to do it right. The barber style, pal. So mm-hmm. remember, the Clippers and me and you. <laughs> what kind of jobs are you talking about, Ed? Hmm. And he is determined to make all of his opponents subject to his rule. He's standing by right now with Bobby Heenan. <laughs> and we got Heenan bowing to King Haku as we come in to the promo. Yep. And Haku's got a little graphic behind him. It's just a crown with a nice little ribbon. Glorious. <laughs> they didn't even spring for a new cape or crown for Haku. He was just like, you know what? I'll take Harley's. <laughs> and you know what? Duggan took his. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that when Savage got it, he was like, fuck this shit. Burn that cape. In that case. Got a lot of snot on it from Duggan. <laughs> yeah, he would wipe his wipe his nose with it. It was, it was disgusting. What? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know what? You know what? When when uh, Bobby Heenan gave the cape to Haku, what did what did he say it was? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea where you're leading me on this. Um. Or, or did you hit your mute button? And, no, no, no. Uh, scroll, I down, supposed... scroll down a smidge. Okay, go up three. Or go down. No, keep going down. Down, down, down. Down, 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 down. Dingo right there. Nope, what one? What? what did he say? It's not a robe. It's the jacket. It's not really a good jacket, though. Because <laughs> it only ties around the neck. Well, it's good robe weather. It's good cape weather. <laughs> That's uh, Mr. Costanza's divorce lawyer. Just follow the trends. It's, is that what Haku is? He's a he's a divorce lawyer. I am the king. Oh, uh, <laughs> he has. <laughs> he, he looks stupid in that thing. You have no eye for fashion. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe this is the same month that he bit that guy's nose off in Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> and and every, everybody was like, "That crazy Haku, what a guy." Gotta love him. 
Barb and I never had a problem with Haku. In fact, Barb and Haku went on to have reach great heights sure. once I bowed out. Absolutely. Barb and Haku, we used to we used to run the road with um Haku and um I'll tell you, man, uh, that guy was uh he was a real tough guy. <laughs> Telling us tell us something we don't know. Randy Savage, Elizabeth from Warrior. You see, what I'm doing here is I'm showing proper respect for the king of the World Wrestling Federation. You tough guy, macho man, Randy Savage, a World Wrestling Federation champion and the first lady of wrestling. You better get used to showing proper respect. And the ultimate warrior that can leave the dressing room and get to the ring in three seconds. You better start showing some respect because we've got our eyes on your championships. And Hulk Hogan, oh, we haven't forgot about you. I want all three of you to learn this one little verse, which will make me very happy. Long live the king, get it? Long live the king. Well, I'm not quite sure what King Haku, or for that matter, Bobby the Brain Heenan, said right there, but I think the point is <laughs> King Haku will take on anyone here in the World Wrestling Federation. And he is definitely a wow. superstar to keep Sean Mooney's yelling again. <laughs> yeah, he did get a little loud. But did you appreciate Heenan having his glasses on a chain like he's a grandma? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, look at this. It's uh, hmm. Morocco. It's a requiem, nice. for, requiem for the rock as well. And he can call himself Rock. Uh, him and Dwayne Johnson, whereas um, that other guy is Pebble. What's his yeah. name? Garcia? Yeah. Yeah. Garcia. Got, gotta love the AD, AEW fandom. You know, temporary expectations for guys. Like, oh, well, this is the future Rock. Like, mm-hmm. okay. All right, let's 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 settle down here. Don Morocco. <laughs> the Rock Don Morocco. His big pussy is in the ring. Mm. <laughs> this this disinformation this shit is an effective technique. He's he's back he's back from Florida where he was getting treatments for his back. Ooh, my back. <laughs> Value jet. Tried to save ten bucks on a flight. If you notice Morocco's LJN figure, he's wearing a shirt. I think that's to hide the wire. <laughs> he wouldn't take off his shirt to go get a steam with Polly. <laughs> the heat is not good for my condition. My doctor says it's not good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, re- I really enjoy your uh, your big puss impersonation. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad. Uh, it's, actually about- a pretty, it's actually the only impression I do of the actual person. <laughs> usually I'm doing an impression of an impression. <laughs> yeah, usually you have to fly through Atlanta to get to your impersonation, but this one's actually a direct flight. This is actually, this is, uh, what's his name? Uh, Vincent Pastor I'm doing. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty good one. <laughs> Valentine is doing the insert promo here with with Jimmy for for a feud that's about to end because Morocco and JYD get fired around the same time. Although Morocco famously uh, bad mouthed Nick Bockwinkle is what happened. Oh, whatever happened there. And, uh, you know, Bockwinkle is a legend of the business. I don't know if they had some sort of pre-existing issue, but. We'll be seeing Nick Bockwinkle in uh, a little while where he's going to be selling for the Ultimate Warrior at Royal Rumble 89. Mm-hmm. Mm. But let's let's see what Valentine's promo is going to be. I, I would imagine it's like, I can't believe this shit's still going on. They <laughs> promised me a bigger fucking push. What the fuck are we doing here, Jimmy? I can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> <laughs> Pass the fucking potatoes. 
Morocco, if you're looking for a war, baby, you've got it. That's right, you've got the war, Morocco. Look at him out there, Jimmy Hart. Look at him with all those big muscles, that big shoulder. No wonder they call him a rock, but that's not the only reason. They call him the rock because he's stubborn and belligerent and he won't give up, but he will give up when I put this heartbreaker on you. Once again, we got to hold the shin guard up at uh, chest level. Mm hmm. And Morocco is not exactly moving around the ring with a lot of conviction here. He's mm-hmm. definitely going. He's definitely going through the motions. Well, yeah. I mean, he had to know his time was up, right? Yeah. I mean, what's that's what I'm saying is any of these guys that were around in the '70s, they had to think to themselves like, I, I gotta be out, right? And this is the point in time where that changeover is is happening in earnest, where. We, yeah. we we literally never see Morocco again in this promotion. We never see JYD in this promotion ever again. Yeah. Oh, look at that. I was gonna tombstone. say we ne- I was gonna say we don't see a tombstone for about two years, but I I also remember that Dynamite Kid uses the tombstone at eighty eight, ding. Mm. I don't know if anybody else does. Ding. Yeah. Make sure you drop to your knees, Dawn, and don't uh don't do a sit out pile driver. We can't be brought, breaking Larry Stevens' neck. No. Especially in this golden era for job guys that I've been talking about golden, incessantly. Golden era for job they get, guys. They're basically getting paychecks from every direction. Yeah. I love it. Oh, and here we are. Brother Love. Ooh, purple. Urkel. Urkel, Urkel. Urkel Rain. Urkel Rain. Urkel Rain. <laughs> Did I do that? <laughs> fucking ru- you fucking ruined Family Matters. Urkel Rain. Urkel Rain. Really? That's that's where you're going to hang your hat on? That he ruined Family Family Matters was ruined by Steve Urkel? That family show wasn't... Ma- that show wasn't flawed from the get-go. Family Matters was a nice, perfectly acceptable American sitcom, and then they fucking made it about about this fucking nerd next door who had an annoying voice. Reginald Vell Johnson would have been well within his rights to just pull out his, his service revolver and shoot him right in the fucking head. What they should have done is it shouldn't have been a show. It shouldn't have been a spinoff from Perfect Strangers. What it should have been is a spinoff from Die Hard. It should have been. It should have been <laughs> sitcom version of what happens to Al when he goes home after after Nakatomi Tower. After after living through that, I'll I'll guarantee you that he would not have put up with that Urkel shit for very long. No. <laughs> and then think about it. You so think about it. They start Family Matters in '88. It's Reginald. It's Al. Al Powell going back home to live with his family and you know continue his 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 run as a beat cop in Los Angeles. Then you have the tie-in two years later with 1990, where he he gets the phone call from John McClane while he's at work, and John McClane's at the airport in D.C. Look, I'm I'm willing to go along with anything so long as we got uh, continue to get one of the greatest uh, moments in the history of television from from Family Matters. You okay. you can you can do everything exactly the same. Yeah, but but we cannot we cannot lose. We cannot lose that one moment. Uh, I don't even know what season it was. But you know what? I'm just going to play it right now. 
Hi, sweetie. Uncle Carl, this is Lil G. He's new to the hood. Well, hello, Little G. Okay, you win. He does look like the father on Fresh Prince. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, is that just like a blooper? No, they did. They did that as a tag at the end of a Family Matters episode, where they had this kid come in, is like new to the neighborhood, and then oh. they have James Avery come through, yeah. and they clearly didn't tell Reginald Vell Johnson that they That's, were going to do that. They probably funny. just he they probably wrote something in the script of like some other dude. I mean, I know you. I know you love Reginald Vell Johnson, but he cannot hold a candle to James Avery. I'm sorry. When did I say I loved? I I merely like the man. Come on, I'm not in love with Reginald Vell Johnson. Come on, he's still with us too, you know. Peter and Reginald Vell hanging in a tray. K I S S. All right, all right. Let's just spare me. And your... to my knowledge, isn't um? Oh no, it's not. It's not confirmed. I thought it was confirmed that he is a. Uh, he's, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a poof, but it's not been confirmed. He's just never, no. It's it's he's never been it's, married. It's like it's nothing wrong with that. Just as long as you don't get married in your 40s and shove it in everybody's faces. Anyway, you know, I'm all for a celebration of love. And speaking of love, <laughs> brother love. See, yet another Brother love! This guy slays me. I mean, take a look at his rotund physique. Look at that, that phony smile. Well, how can you face. say that? He's not a wrestler. That piece of shit. <laughs> he is. <laughs> That's the first thing Vince goes after is the guy's a little bit overweight. I'll, Th- thanks, I'll, Vince. I'll tell you, he's the cock of the walk. I mean, think about it this way. He's over there. He's supposed to be this great professional wrestler. And he's cock of the walk. Don't speaks for itself. Well, that's our guest. Well, our guest is technically Heenan, but then he Heenan's having quite a taping with with his guys. Like, all right, well, I've lost one guy, so I'm going to bring in this other guy. But I get to make fun of you mercilessly the entire time. Sounds good. Book it. Should he be built like the Ultimate Warrior? No, but it's just like he's had one or two many meals. (laughs) That piece of shit. One too many meals. He, well, I guess the turd could, doesn't fall far from the ass. <laughs> <laughs> he should have invested in a tie clip because the little the little slack part is kind of coming apart from the white tie. I don't like that. I don't like it one bit. You know, Seems sincere to me. In order to love, you must have a big brain. Well, so long as they don't have Brother Love turn into Bobby Heenan Jr. Mm. Oh, wait. Did you hear about that on his podcast a long time ago? Yeah. 
I got to admit, I haven't listened to the Pritchard show in so long because I knew the second the second he joined, rejoined WWE as an employee, you, you basically weren't going to get anything again because he, he wouldn't even speak freely when he wasn't an employee. Right. Like, let alone, let alone. And now he's <laughs> now he's like fully in charge and good for him for basically holding his fire against Stephanie and Triple H because now they're the ones who, like the guy in the NWO song says, we are in control. Uh, I mean, is is the is the consensus that people historically loved Brother Love as like a character? Like, I mean, meaning like in hindsight, you look back and you go, yeah, he was a good heel. He was a good mouthpiece for i guess an interview segment kind of thing because i do find it interesting that here's a guy who is a writer he's part of the creative team Mm -hmm. and he turns around and creates this character on tv which some people could say was just so that he could get on television and yet everybody hates ed ferreira and vince russo for doing basically the same exact thing (laughs) yeah but yeah, but their character their characters sucked and had right. no deeming value. Brother Love right. is is annoying. Yeah, but you he he had a purpose. He was out yeah. there to interview yeah. interview the heels. And in a lot of ways, this is a lot more original than Piper's Pit because a lot of the Piper's Pit would turn into the you know Piper would make fun of them. The, the oh yeah, like you wear a skirt, ha yeah. ha ha, and then yeah, that's yeah. it after two minutes. These segments tended to run. A little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The the nice little music in the background. Oh, fantastic music. Um, and and, and there I, was. No, I, there, I, I don't hate Brother Love. I I I actually like Bruce Pritchard. I mean, he's I think he's full of shit. But again, as I always say, these are carnies. We need to remember that everything they say is a gimmick. <laughs> you know. I mean, don't forget they they probably wanted to find a role for him in some way. I mean, they tried him as an announcer. Which, for better or worse, you know, he's paired with Mike McGurk and Pete Doherty for Houston shows, which was probably going to put you behind. No disrespect to Mike McGurk, because I think Pete Doherty working with him was going to not not be okay with anybody unless they also had a deep Boston accent. And he didn't. (laughs) Yeah, you and Pete Doherty would have made a hell of a team. Um uh, this this character this character worked. Sure. I, mean, I don't think he wrote it to get himself on television. I yeah. think they needed somebody. They needed a character to interview people, and they didn't. Who on Ross? I mean, the, you'd already done the Snake Pit with Jake, and Jake doing the Snake Pit. He wasn't that good. People remember that they're like, "Oh, Jake was awesome on promos." The Snake Pit, you know, would have been good too. Well, not really. Mm. Like the bo- the body shop that that had played itself out, and Jesse probably had no interest in showing up to these tapings to to record three you know talk show segments. So no. forget about that. No, Piper's not there, and I also think the Piper's Pit stuff had had played itself out. So yeah, you, no, you I mean, cre- I think create a new guy. Yeah, and you having him based and... on based on preachers and whatever, but don't don't make it about religion. Use the word love instead. Plus, you get that awesome nickname, Blubber Love. I mean, that's just the perfect nickname for, you know, him because he's he's fat. He's, you know, he's a portly fellow. 
Well, Brother Love was also the name of a uh, musical act as well. Ah. If 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 memory serves. Ah. I mean, if, if you do a Google search for for Brother Love, the first thing. Um, well, actually, I guess there's a fictional character of some kind, but then you get then you get Bruce Pritchard. But I know that there's a musical a act, Brother character. Love, and something. I don't know. A fictional character. <laughs> All right. So Heenan Heenan's out there. And when they introduced Brother Love on Challenge back in June, they had Heenan come out to be like, "All right, here here's this new thing," mm-hmm. and to establish him as a heel, where. And DiBiase was the guy basically fronting the money for the operation. Yeah. So not a not a bad way of setting up. Once again, DiBiase getting bored. Yep. <laughs> nothing, All right, I'll finance this guy. There's nothing more damaging than a bored Ted DiBiase. I, I, I can tell you that right now. I mean, yes. a lot of bad things happen. Yes. All right. Why do you Welcome, say that? Brother Brown. Thank you very, very you know, I am just full of love. It's just bubbling out of me right now because you see there's been some changes in the Bobby Heenan family. I'm going to increase the size of the Bobby Heenan family. What I am going to do in the weeks and months to come is add new members, new members, and do the most I can to spread love. Oh, my. And at this particular point, I am going to bring out a gentleman. Now, this gentleman is the newest member of the Bobby Heenan family. Now, he's limited when it comes to wrestling. He's limited <laughs> when it comes to size. He's limited with a one and lost record. But I'm going to make this man the next big superstar in the world of professional wrestling. And if the gentleman could come out right now, his name is Mr. Terry Taylor. Terry Taylor. (laughs) The the disgust with which Vince says the name Terry Taylor. (laughs) So funny. Why did they hate this guy so much? Well, because apparently he's a very hateable guy. Because he's the cock of the walk. Mm. I mean, brother, brother, red brother, rooster. I mean, he would go on to have a career basically being whatever Ted DiBiase was years before. Sure. <laughs> As the tailor made man or or what have you. They should have made him rooster should have made him the thousand dollar man. Yeah, like, he is one 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 thousandth of Ted DiBiase. Except he doesn't do much damage when he's bored. No, because he doesn't have the money to do anything. He has to to pay rent. They're like, hey, Terry, we hope you enjoy that robe because you're not going to be wearing it anymore because we're giving you a new name. I mean, it would have been they would have been better. It would have been a better gimmick to give him like call him the ham and egger. Like, that would have been a much better gimmick where, like, Bobby brings him out and he goes, he's the ham and egger now. And then it's just like he comes out every week and that's the ongoing gimmick is whether or not he wins, because if he wins, he gets money to eat and pay rent. <laughs> no, what he needed to do was for his own. A, for, a, was kill himself <laughs> to go the own, way of Eugene Portacovo. <laughs> no. All right. They're going to dub him the Red Rooster here and you, yeah. you're going to see that play out. Yeah. When he dumps Heenan, dump the fucking name because yeah. that's a name that 
but instead you decide to keep the name of the, the, the this guy who basically was berating you from even before you came out on this show. Like yeah. Limited wrestling. Like, I don't know. I mean, this all, this shit's all been said. He's before. a fucking moron. I mean, T- Terry Taylor's a moron. Well, he can't be that dumb because he keeps getting jobs. Like he, he's like worked at TNA. He's <sighs> he's made had like eighty five stints in WWE. I don't I don't get it, but it's like it's like the Jarrett thing when everybody's like Jeff Jarrett is the smartest man ever. Like oh, you mean you mean just because he like weasels himself into work somehow, even though like yes. no, nobody really cares about him. Yes. Thank you, brother Love. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, you know, Pritchard and Taylor, they go way back mm-hmm. to, mid, to Mid-South. Where Taylor was one of the main guys. He, he had that car accident, though, and that completely... That in the UWF sale, even mm-hmm. though the turn on Chris Adams happened after the UWF sale to Crockett, if he doesn't get in a car accident, he probably has a lot more momentum going towards the end of the year. He probably still loses the TV title to Nikita, mm-hmm. but he, I don't know. Also, is a bad injury, too. So, now as you can see, the man is limited when it comes to size. I'm not too small, I'm all right, about the right size, but you're not big like Andre the Giant. That's true, that's true. And it's, he's limited when it comes to being muscular. Well, I'm so, pretty much up 240 pounds. This, so, but you're this not is cut so ridiculous. You're not that strong as ravishing Rick Rude. That's true. No. And you don't possess the ability in the ring with martial arts as the great King Haku. That's true, but I'm a pretty good wrestler on my own. But you're going to become better. And I don't know how much pain you can endure, what your threshold is, which is limited. I mean, your one and loss record isn't that great. Well, I haven't lost them all. But you haven't won them all. That's true, Brain. That's true. And I am going to take you to the top of this great sport of professional wrestling. Because you see, as limited as you are, by being short, (laughs) by being not that muscular. This is the fucking meanest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yes, at this sport of wrestling, there is one thing, though, one added factor, one ingredient. That will make you a superstar. That will make you a great star. And that is me, Bobby the Brain Heenan. So I suggest you follow me, young man. Follow me to start him. Now, now just how much love can one man have? Look at Brother Brain continuing to spread his love. This guy ever stops So I guess he doesn't call him the Red Rooster here. I mean, that's about the only nice thing you could say about this whole segment. I did look up. You know how he was like, well, I've I've had a pretty good one-loss record. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but you haven't won them all. Mm. Let me just take a moment and examine the matches that Terry Taylor lost in 1988 leading up to this moment. Okay. First match he has, July 10th, at a house show. He loses to Tito Santana. That That's fine. It's got probably got to be a, we, we got to be sure you're going to do business. So you're going to lose this longtime stalwart. Mm-hmm. Uh, loses to Tito again two days later at another house show. 
Then at a, a dark match on a superstars taping, he, he teams with Sam Houston in a losing effort against the Garquistadors. Okay. Houston probably ate the pin on that one. And I know that there was a moment where he turns on Sam Houston because DiBiase had done that in Houston to turn heel in June of 87, which means that Terry Taylor had to naturally follow DiBiase's example. Mm -hmm. And as we go along, he loses a couple of matches to the Iron Sheik during his very early run. But then he goes on a nice winning streak, excluding losing to Kurt Henning at WrestleFest in that mildly famous match. Mm Mm-hmm. Loses to Jim Neidhart in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Loses to Henning again at a Miami house show, which is interesting because Taylor had already turned heel on TV. And he- Henning hadn't really been on TV at that point. Yeah. Uh, he still, <coughs> excuse me, still billed as Terry Taylor. Then early September, he loses to Hillbilly Jim. Back-to-back house shows in Ontario. All right. Well, that's, you know, that's not exactly. It's unfortunate. What yeah. <laughs> uh, the good thing is that Taylor will be on next week's superstars and um, it's going to be, it's going to be a good one. And I think, and that's when he gets dubbed. That's when he gets his name. Wow. So, so yeah, he lost his share of matches, but he was mostly winning against like the likes of Scott Casey, Ben Bassarab. You know, B. Brian Blair, Sam Houston, those kind of guys. Brian Blair. Mm-hmm. To me, letting go one of his premier properties last week, Hercules, only to acquire someone by his own admission, is limited in skill. All right, I, I have a retort for Vince there. You know what it's like? It, maybe what? Heenan has a personal, he has a salary cap, and he needed to let Hercules go to stay under the salary cap. Yeah. So you take on Terry Taylor, who's on an entry-level contract. Mm. Yeah. That's why the Rams suck so much these days. Is they, they don't have, since they traded away all their draft picks, they have nobody making close to the league minimum, so... <laughs> By the way, that fucking game was fixed on Thursday night. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> it was a fucking disgrace. Like, oh, you mean the, the fucking Baker Mayfield, who's in 85 commercials despite sucking, now all of a sudden is going to do a John Elway 98-yard drive with oh, two minutes funny. left? That's fucking funny. bullshit. Like, I had I had the under and Raiders money line in that game, and to see it play out as it did. Fucking nauseating. Exactly. That's right. Like, I mean, give me like these convenient penalties being called on the Raiders. Like, oh, somebody knocked the football out of his hand. Oh, that's a 15 yard penalty. It's fucking nauseating. An interception call back, you know, because of some fucking bullshit illegal contact. Fucking nauseating. Yeah. I've had I've had some bad gambling beats. Uh, this week, yeah, to, to the point where I'm I'm really agitated. Luckily for me, I did not bet the under in the Army Navy game because holy shit, that's one of the worst beats of all time. <laughs> the only reason that game went over, which is the first Army Navy game to go over since 2005, uh-huh. was because it went to overtime and the stupid overtime rules where every team gets a possession on the opposing team's one yard line. Yes. Which is why I could never take college football seriously. It's like, 
How can you bet an over-under on college football where if the game goes to overtime, it can end up looking like a college basketball score? Anyway, I just ranted through an entire JYD match, and this is probably his last match on Superstars. Did they, did they actually even stop his music? Yeah, they did. I didn't even notice they stopped his music. I mean, maybe it was because I was paying attention to your rant, but... He's not New know. Jack. <laughs> maybe he should have been. The New Jack dog. Maybe yeah. he should have been, yeah. I don't know if we're going to get the same Mr. Perfect vignette music that cracked me up a few weeks ago. Let's hope. But uh, this this week he's playing darts, and I, I got to call bullshit because our friend Bar Chris would take this guy out in darts. Sure. Yeah. It's one of the few nuggets that I remember from listening to the Pritchard show all those years ago is apparently Henning would have trouble every time the camera was rolling because it would get in his head. Yeah, but they tur- they turned the camera off and he would like hit like bullseyes and, you know, he would hit <laughs> three so, point shots. Every- it's so friggin amazing. Yeah, I mean, uh, the way to do that is just don't tell him the camera's on. Right. Cover up that red light so that he can't see it. Right. You know, just tell him like, all right, this is a practice run. So this is week two of the Mr. Perfect vignettes because uh-huh. being Kurt Henning is not enough. He's got he's got to be. But hey, it gave, it, gave, it gave this guy something memorable mm-hmm. in a way that, you know, the name Kurt Henning, Kurt Henning is, is a fine name and all. It's his history. His father, Larry, whatever happened there. Whatever happened to Larry. With, with his 24-inch neck. And uh, yeah, Mr. Perfect. Supposedly developed by Pat Patterson in 1987 with Kurt Henning in mind for it. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't get Henning to make the jump because they gave him the AWA title. And, you know. That was why they did that screwy finish at Super Clash 3, where, or was it Super Clash 2? I can't remember. Well, they I just had to wait. They just had to wait a year, and then he, he ends up showing up, right? Yeah. And mm. he shows up like a year and change later after he drops the AWA title and realizes that that company doesn't really have much of a future. Mm-hmm. And he gets to play darts. Mm-hmm. Just another example of why they call me Mr. Perfect. It is yes. that music. Yes. It is that music. Oh my God. That's awesome. I need this music isolated somehow. Isolated. All right. Let's see how he does. Absolutely perfect. Come on. It was only one bullseye. Come on. Huh? What, am I, what am I supposed to be fucking blown away because you can hit one goddamn bullseye? Come on, huh? Yeah. One. Oh, George the Animal Steel and mine wearing Tiger's hats at Tiger Stadium. God yeah. rest his soul, right? Yeah. Tiger Tiger Stadium, the ballpark that was torn down that I most would have wanted to go to, but sadly. Oh, here we here we go. Are the uh, the tag team champions? Yeah. Wearing their uh, hockey masks. <laughs> You know, I've never, I've never seen anybody wear like a homemade version of those demolition masks, and I think that would be a cool thing. Yeah, I mean, I could always reach out to one of my uh, S and M friends and see if they could make one for me, <laughs> if you want. Oh, you have friends who bought them from the top. <laughs> yeah, just like just like Ralph Cifaretto. <laughs> well, let's let's watch our mouth on that one. Uh, we we don't know. We have to talk to Janice. Fuck him as highfalutin bullshit. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> you know. 
just play nasty. Yeah. But we also have to be on alert here to see if Demolition is not listening to Fuji. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume that everything is perfectly normal. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, wa- I'm watching this like a hawk because <laughs> I'm dying to know if there was any sort of build that I, build that I missed towards, no. towards that happening. There is no build. Yeah. Let me tell you. Or Fuji was against the salary cap and he needed to unload Demolition. <laughs> demolition, oh. demolition in exchange for the powers of pain and a uh, a pick swap in 2026 and 2028 and a non-lottery protected first in 2027. No, I think I figured it out. So Fuji, Fuji would get a bonus when his team would win the championship. So he needed to switch to a, a team that could win the championship so he could get the bonus. Mm. Because, if anything, it cost him more money managing the champions because, of course, the champions aren't going to... What are they? The, what are they? The Major League uh, Cleveland Indians? They're going to be riding around in a fucking ratty old bus? No, no, no. <laughs> they need to be flying first class or private jets to their matches. So Fuji's like... Fuji's bleeding himself dry managing the champions, whereas... <laughs> He switches to the powers of pain. They're riding coach or they're on buses or they're just riding in the car with Fuji up and down the coast. And then as soon as they win the tag team champions, which because he's Fuji, he's it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to become the champions. Then he gets the he gets the bonus. And maybe what Fuji can do is he can tutelage. He can tutor the um powers of pain that it's okay for the champions to be riding coach it's okay uh, for the champions to be going as second class citizens fuji was like buy low sell high yes i think that's what he's trying to do here barb and i we never had a problem riding in economy class no not at all barb actually used to barb used to like riding back in coach he used to like to sit in the uh in the aisle that didn't have the extra leg actually you know what barb and i used to always suggest we always would ask if we could sit in the emergency exits and we took that job very seriously in case there was ever some kind of an in-flight disturbance but barb and i we used to when we would ride the train Mm -hmm. we 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 like to hold court in the dining car absolutely you know, Fuji would come back oftentimes and he would yell at us and say, you, need, you guys need to go to sleep, let me tell you. And I would just say, no, it's okay, Fuji. We got it. We got it going. I we called him Fuji. <laughs> Nobody else did, but I called him Fuji. We uh, we interrupt this uh, Powers of Pain moment for our inset promo, which is actually the British Bulldogs. And Davy Boy's hair oh, looks dear, all fucked up. <laughs> Davy Boy's hair looks all fucked up. <laughs> like, like seriously, it's like he shaved the side of his head and was like, "Hey, you know what? I've decided I'm gonna keep the mullet." <laughs> like, okay, Davy, whatever you say. I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. I mean, there's only one thing I can say about that, and that's what kind of likeness is this? <laughs> Poor. Well, uh, actually, does does dynamite still have his teeth? That's a, that's a very good. What point. kind of likeness is that? <laughs> Has Jacques Rougeau? Knocked out his teeth yet? <laughs> I mean, Davy Boy's hair looks like he's a friggin' one of the smoking guns in 1995. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's see what uh, there's no Matilda there, though. So you know it's not going to so be coherent. Know, so you know this promo's going to suck. <laughs> Matilda's all worn out from that promo the last week where, you know, playing with the doll. <laughs> 
Remember, Demolition, we're watching you very closely. That's right, and the main reason we're watching you, Demolition, is because we're watching all the mistakes you're making, and when we meet, that's when the British Bulldogs are going to get the World Wrestling Federation tag team belts around their waist. Huh. We're going to be watching a long time to see if these guys make mistakes. I haven't seen any. What do you mean? We just saw I like, the, right. I like that when Fuji changed his charges, he never really had to change his face paint. I like that. <laughs> Maybe he was thinking ahead like that. <laughs> if I go to another team, do I have to change my face paint? Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. I hate I hate doing a bit where we have to pretend Fuji is smart because we know that he's not. <laughs> Come I mean, on, you yellow belly. Yeah, who... Who, who challenges for the world title impromptu or who accepts a challenge after he's already worked a 10-minute match outside in the Nevada heat? Who, who, who gives up managing the tag team champions to go to a team that didn't win the tag team championship? Fuji is definitely the stupidest manager of all time, right? Come on. It's just it's Barry Trotz leaving the Capitals to coach the Islanders. That's what this is. Look, Fuji's the, Fuji's the dumbest, not the worst. He's the dumbest manager of all time. I don't know. Johnny Valiant? <laughs> <laughs> he might be the worst. Yeah. But he's not the dumbest. Ooh. Did you see the enhancement guy go over yeah. the top rope there, too? Good for them. Oh, he's they're going to lay it in after the match here. I like how they're just doing practice moves here. Oh, mm-hmm. let's practice our double clothesline on this guy. And we're going to get the uh, the... How many times are we going to get the bell? We already heard it once. Oh, 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 oh now, now he threw over Joey Morella. Now right. he's gone too far. Yep. Oh, hit that guy. Hit that guy several oh, times. Oh, yeah, there's Hebner. He's, <laughs> he's taking the bump for the business that made him. Oh. Oh, this is an interesting one. They got to hit their finisher on Smash. In in reality, what happens now? Like if we if we fast forward five minutes in in real in real time in this show, um, what happens is uh, Axe and Smash go into the locker room. They go into the Jobbers locker room and they tell those two guys, "Hey guys, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, you guys made us look real good out there. Um, you know, here here's a couple beers on us." And uh, then Davy Boy and Dynamite went in, and Dynamite shit in their bags. Um, so. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say Smash uh, drove off in uh, Davy Boy's rental car. <laughs> it's so good to see these guys together on screen again. I know, right? We went from we went from Repo Man and British Bulldog to Demolition and the British Bulldogs. How often does that happen? It's magical. Yeah. Now, now we're now we're back at our uh, final event center. Okay. But he is still getting 25% of their take. Now oh, for Christ's sake! This fucking hot. This, no, this stupid Jimmy Hart thing still. Of course, Greg- 
no, no, this is different. I want to see how they introduced Danny Davis in, in oh, okay. the year of our Lord, 1988. Okay, when let's see. Clearly, Danny Davis has not had any value since the calendar flipped to 1988. <laughs> None whatsoever, other than maybe the Saturday Night's main event match against Beefcake to put him over. But even then, it wasn't a haircut. He sprayed him like a skunk. Mm-hmm. The Hammer Valentine, and one more. He is dangerous, Danny Davis. You know, dangerous Danny Davis, everybody. You know, what a great referee he was. What a great wrestler he is. You know, we've got open contracts, so anybody wants to step in line and fight this man, bring it on down, baby. That's right. A lot of people have taken me up on my offer, and a lot of people have gone down to defeat, only because, as Jimmy said, I was the greatest referee of all time in the Wrestling Federation. And now I have defeated opponent after opponent after opponent by using the rules, by knowledge of the rules. And Jimmy Hart has signed open contracts for me to wrestle anybody who wants to sign on the dotted line. Like he said before, this man is undefeated in the World Wrestling Federation. So anybody wants to step up and get knocked down, bring it on down, baby. Well, I'd say that dangerous um, Danny Davis has enough confidence for the entire Hart Foundation. <laughs> was that was that Danny Davis or was that Kevin Sullivan? Yeah, I know. It's Jimmy like he Hart. Has, he has a New Hampshire accent with a Boston twist. <laughs> Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart. <laughs> well, Kevin Sullivan would join forces with Jimmy Hart late in 1995. So we got about seven years. Danny Davis, huh? Yeah. You didn't realize he had such a thick Boston accent. The pride of Dover, New Hampshire. Oh. <laughs> All right. Let's hear from him. He's standing by right now. Now, now it's time for Duggan, whose logo has changed. Because he, he no longer has that other logo where he had the two-by-four <laughs> going up and down. Yeah. Now, now it just says, I saw Jim Duggan, but the M is stylized like the hand on a, uh, on a hacksaw, which actually makes more sense. Yeah. Jim yeah. Jim looks like he just got out of the shower. All right. Over under, how many times will Duggan say USA? I'm going to say over under three and a half. Oh. Now, remember, he likes his chance. Oh, so he's good for at least three USAs and a chance. So I'm going to go over. Yeah. Okay. Thousand dollars. Book it. I mean, we got it. We got to find something with Duggan at this point. But let's see. <laughs> Folks, you know me, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I'm not going to come out here and talk about diamond rings and gold chains and limousines and jet airplanes. Whoa. I think I know who you're referring to there. Is this is this a subtweet promo on Ric Flair? What? <laughs> Limousines and diamonds? Is Duggan preparing us for his move to down south? (laughs) Yeah, Duggan's cutting a Crockett promo in the event center. What's going on here? (laughs) Duggan's trying to Duggan's trying to make his case for uh, to become the blue collar guy of the horseman. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, no, he doesn't believe in that stuff. I think he's just sticking up for his old pal Bim Bim Bigelow. That piece of shit. Oh, is that what it is? Oh, that yeah. could be. Well, as we know, last week there were they were short some horsemen. So I'm sorry, I had to stop it there because holy shit, who he basically used all the Ric Flair keywords in about five seconds. Oh, he absolutely he just buried Ric Flair. <laughs> all right, let's let's see. We got we got to count the USAs. Yep. 
I'm going to come out here and talk about what's important to me. What's important to you is that's the American flag. That's the USA. One. I'm one person. That's sick and tired of people coming down here looking down their noses us, at us. Say that we've got all the whole world mixed up. Well, bravo, I'm tired of it. The people out there are tired of it. And Mr. 2x4 right here, he's tired of it too. So when you come on down to the ring, you won't have to look too far to find Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Just look over in the corner, and I'll be looking back at you, tough guy. Oh! One USA. What the fuck? Yeah. Bullshit. And he's, he's going to be on Brother Love next week. Huh. He's reuniting with his SummerSlam 88. Uh, Look at this fucking lineup. Oh, and the the Blue Blazer right after the Heart Foundation. Wow. Rude. And Hercules. Oh, yes. This is the first face Hercules match. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to get Terry Taylor as well, but they didn't oh, pro- they didn't promote it. Nor should they. Because they're not going to call him that. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, if you ever noticed with superstars, there's usually... One guy, they like leave off that. Yeah, as a surprise. Yeah. Mm. Like the, I don't know who it was this week. Uh, that that they left off. If it was bad news or whoever, but mm. yeah. But yeah, interest interesting show. Even if I messed up, that I thought that they were gonna dub him the Red Rooster right then and there, but uh, they did. Taylor decided to spread his humiliations over two segments rather than just cram them all into one. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's a that's a that's a choice each of us has to make in our lives. I looked up Danny Davis just he, so he was billed from Dover, but it doesn't say he's from Dover. It says okay. he's from Massachusetts. It doesn't say where, but it says he's from Massachusetts. So, okay, I would say the, that the pro- the big problem with Danny Davis is when you when you Google him. He's not one of the first 10 Danny Davises that comes up. No, he's not. He's not even the first Danny Davis that would come up in, like... In wrestling. Yeah, in wrestling. <laughs> Usually you get Nightmare Danny Davis yeah. down in, like, Ohio Valley, Memphis, that, that, that stuff. That's why whenever Jim Cornette talks about Danny Davis, I'm like, he ran a wrestling school with the referee from the 80s? Mm. I was like, no, he didn't. <laughs> like, there's, there's, a, there's a congressman, Danny Davis... Like right now, apparently, there's a yeah. congressman, Danny Davis from Illinois, who's been in in there since 1997. Um, I just want to make point that the somebody that I know you are very familiar with is named Danny Davis. And that's Niles, the butler from the nanny. <laughs> uh, excuse me. He's billed as Daniel Davis. <laughs> He was still, also on one of those Star Trek shows, too. Still, Danny Davis, big, big fan of yours. Oh, you're a big fan of his from his work as Niles on The Nanny. Yeah, he is, he is the best. I know you I know you secretly love The Nanny. Well, not secretly. I know you no. openly love The Nanny. I've done, I've done a podcast on The Nanny already. But, like, that Niles, as I've been watching The Nanny the last few months, he the has nanny. risen up my butler rankings. Like, he, he's right there with Belvedere. He, he's right there. <laughs> Because he's so the the fact that he would burn <laughs> he would burn CC relentlessly and there'd be no reason for him to do it like oh my god all right ab- what I'm giving you homework for next week oh I want your top four and your bottom four butlers in television and movie history 
Oh, top top four is pretty easy. Bottom four, that's difficult because I don't know every every butler that ever lived. Yeah, but you can pick like I mean, all right. So who's your top four? You have Niles. Let me see if I can guess this. You have Niles, obviously Mr. Belvedere. Um, Niles, Belvedere, uh, Benson. I was gonna say it's got to be Benson. Benson's on the list, and but Benson from Soap or Benson and, from Benson? Uh, I would say Benson from Soap. Okay, good. And then and then you got Jeffrey in a Fresh Prince. <laughs> Jeffrey. Okay. Who, who's who's very good as well. So, and and I know that there there are others as well who uh, take for example uh, the guy who was the gay butler in the pilot of Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. Who went on to play Ordway in No Holds Barred? <laughs> the teeny wanger. <laughs> it's yeah. No Holds Barred. Who's the? Uh, isn't there a butler in uh, Silver Spoons? Or no? Is there no butler? It's not. Please, please do not make me rewatch Silver Spoons because that show. I I watched it in like 2007. <laughs> Holy shit! Does that show not hold up? And it has nothing to do with with whatever Ricky Schroeder is these mm-hmm. days. Yeah. And it has everything to do with that show just wasn't very good in the first place. No, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't, but yeah, I'm and trying I, to think, I don't know if there was a, uh, I don't know if there was a, um, a I was actually, that. and I was actually glad that that happened because I thought I might be getting a reputation of, oh, Winston, you just reflectively love every sitcom from the seventies and eighties. It's like, no, I don't like silver spoons and I don't, and I definitely don't like Mama's Family, mm. which you know was kind of kind of its own thing. Of course, I've been watching a lot of Barney Miller on Amazon. Yeah, Prime. you yeah you have. Yeah, and with good reason. I mean, you know, it's it's important for us to get our fish our fish on. You know, Abe Vigoda. So it, I noticed in like season two that whenever fish makes a joke, the, the fucking audience goes gorilla for like oh, yeah. every, every like deadpan joke they had. And I wondered if Vagoda had it in his contract where I get the loudest laugh track reactions for my jokes. Well, you don't remember that unbelievable like thing that was happening back in the seventies where like little girls were buying a Vagoda fish posters and hanging them in their room. <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> surprise, that doesn't surprise me in the least, but you know, Abe Vigoda. Poor Abe Vigoda. He's in the ground now. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah, there we go. Right. Sad. <laughs> Did you know that the guy from Metallica, like the bassist from Metallica, heard this and that's what inspired him to take up the bass? It's true. Okay. You mean the guy that was the guy that replaced Hulk Hogan in the band, right? <laughs> <laughs> from from Hogan's lips to God's ears. <laughs> I also realized yesterday I'm I'm currently watching three different shows that all feature the World Trade Center in their <laughs> opening credits. I mean, I know the Sopranos dropped it after season four, mm-hmm. but it's like most of the episodes. Barney Miller and News Radio. They all have the World Trade Center in the opening credits. I think one of the reasons why you love Barney Miller so much is because the theme song kind of sounds like that Birdland song that you love so much. Yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> well, also, Hal Linden had one of the great smiles in the history of television. Uh, oh, as well as one of the great mustaches. I mean, Hal Linden is a god. 
he was a gem. He's not fucking dead. He, how Linda, Barney Miller, the whole premise of this show, I've noticed. I mean, yeah, you could say, oh, he's the straight man for everybody. <laughs> I think he's like, he, and it's funny that I'm going to call him this. He's like the traffic cop in the Royal Rumble. You know, the one who is in the yes. match for like 45 minutes. Oh, the Chris Jericho? Of, yeah. Yeah, that's that's Hal Linden. Uh, Harold Lipschitz? Yeah, Hal Linden. Anyway, Still with is, us. I, I like how this is just an impromptu uh, TV theme well, breakdown every, here. Well, isn't that our bread and butter? Is every once I in guess. a while we need a palate cl- We haven't had a palate cleanser in a while, so this is good. But, but yeah, look at that smile. It's a beautiful smile. And of course, by season three, they had uh, Barbara Barry had left when she yeah. realized, oh, yeah, I'm only appearing in two episodes a season. <laughs> like I'm second build, but I n- I'm never in any of these shows. No, you got to go with the, 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 the breakout. The breakout star is 75 year old Abe Pagoda. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't say he was a breakout star, considering that uh, everybody knew who Tessio was. No, but I'm saying like the breakout star for Barney Miller was was 85 year old Abe Vigoda. <laughs> he he asked for one more spinoff just for old times' sake. Just just for old times' sake. <laughs> hell, hell, get me out of trouble. For old times' sake. The great the great Max Gale, mm. who uh, definitely kind of goofy looking, but he fits the role very well. The thing that the thing that I I popped for the other day was I independently of of talking to you watched the final scene of Barney Miller from the finale mm-hmm. and then like I don't know five minutes later you texted me and was like I've been watching a lot of Barney Miller lately and I popped because I was like holy shit <laughs> again we're sh- we're sharing the same brain <laughs> what well, Wojo who was the character that Max Gale played. Uh, Shows a lot of growth as the series goes along, and I look forward to seeing more over the final five seasons. Absolutely. Detective uh, Ron uh, Harris. Mm -hmm. I enjoy his work. Played by Ron Glass. Yeah. Yeah. Ron Glass doing breaking barriers. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Jack Sue. Who died? Who died at like the height of his powers during Jack. season five? I think it was Jack Sue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Detective Nick Yamana. Mm-hmm. One of the all-time greats here in the World Wrestling Federation. <laughs> one of the favorites. <laughs> we got down. We got up. We got funky, and we got bad. It's easy to get funky when you have the Barney Miller baseline playing. Oh, of course. Yeah. I always forget, see, season three, everybody likes that bass line the best, but I'm used to watching the season one and two opening credits, and there are people there who aren't there after season two, like Barbara mm-hmm. Barry, mm-hmm. Um, Gregory um, uh, Sierra, who played Chano. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. But it's uh, interesting to see where, where that show is going to go in my rewatch, because uh, mm. it's not something that I watched a whole lot back in the day. It was not on a lot of reruns. No. No, I remember my dad making me watch Barnaby Jones, but that's a completely different show. Yeah, Barney Miller never made it into the the everyday uh, syndication viewing of like shows from the seventies that they would air nonstop in the eighties. And there's and a, it's and a there's, shame. 
there's more than enough episodes and it's a popular show among police because a lot of the stuff is so like mundane they're mm. like oh yeah this is actually more like more like the day-to-day mm-hmm. although i i read something that's like yeah it is like what we do except their jokes are funnier than ours <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, that you, same could be said for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I mean, I know that they, they had a big, it was a big deal when they came back after, you know, the Black Lives Matter and all that. And they kind yeah. of addressed it and they were like, this is going to be the last season because we feel like at this point, it's kind of silly for us to be doing a comedy off of like police work. But, you know, part of me feels like maybe the maybe the country was healed a little bit because of the final season of Brooklyn nine, nine, maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to think it was, but, and that's for Andre, Bra- uh, you know, Browers, you know, because of his powerful portrayal of, uh, well, of this, this might be unfair, but just from his time on SNL, I always saw Andy Samberg as like, a low rent Adam Sandler to the, to the point where they have the same fucking initials. I'm surprised he doesn't wear AS boots. I, I I'll tell you when, remember when he made hot rod, that was the movie like where he was like a bicycle stunt man. Yeah. That's exactly what I thought going into it. Cause I was like, here's a, cause I, cause I looked at it like you had Sandler and then you had, you had, um, What's his name? Jimmy um, Fallon. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Jimmy Fallon was like, huh, I'm going to be the next Adam Sandler. And he sucks. Um, and then, like, you got Andy Samberg. And I was like, oh, is Andy Samberg going to go and pull the same shit that Sandler did where it's like, you know, where Sandler was awesome. I'm like, is he going to actually not pull the same shit? Pull the same shit Jimmy Fallon did. And I thought that with that hot rod. Then the more I started seeing him in other stuff and then <clears throat> the more that he did that. um all those digital shorts with like Lonely Island, I realized that no, he he is he is really funny. If I if you haven't given him another watch through, go back and watch some of his stuff, man, because he really is like he's fantastic. He's 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 very very funny, and I like I like everything Andy Andy Samberg is like I, I won't even say quietly at this point because I'm you know being very loud about it, but I love Andy Samberg. I think he's he does a great job and eh. nothing but the best for him. He's a he's a mid carter at best. <laughs> oh well, I'm not gonna say he's a yeah you know he's not a main event guy. I mean you know, but then again, for a while there nobody knew if Sandler was gonna be you know. Of course Sandler is, and how dare you anybody say anything bad about Sandler? Because S- Sandler fought uphill and he made he made those movies in the '90s that mm-hmm. uh, that that people loved that had interesting side characters. Sure, he. he he wore he wore a Bruins jersey for like an entire movie, so that mm-hmm. that has that has my love. That gets my attention every time. Yeah, even yeah. when he's in um, anger management, and there's that scene where uh, Heather Graham is wearing just the well the underwear and it's Red Sox, and he goes, "Oh, I really would like for you to take that off because I hate that team." It's like even though he hates the Red Sox, I still love Adam Sandler. <laughs> no, and. Anger, anger management does not have a good ending to that movie. It I, does I can not. Assure you. It that, doesn't. If you ever wanted to see a movie whose ending does not hold up, anger mm. management. Holy well, shit! Is it just because the whole I, thing with I, I need Giuliani? To, thank you. I was going to leave that unsaid, but yeah, it, it pisses me. I don't know. The whole thing pisses me. It fucking sends me to anger management. Mm-hmm. 
And then there's then there's uh, Spanglish, which uh, mm-hmm. my friend my friend Jim said was a movie that lacked an editor of any kind, which you know <laughs> that's his own critique. Anyway, ah, but my country, my country, my kingdom, my everything for a movie starring Adam Sandler and Arnold Schwarzenegger in this day and age. I I, I need it. I need it in my life. Well, Arnold's like 91 years old care. at this point. Do it. Get it out there. Make Grown Ups three. Put friggin' make them go and hang out with with Schwarzenegger, and I'm on board. I love. I I want to see Schwarzenegger and Sandler mix it up so much. All right. So net. Yeah. Can you see this match next week? Hold on. I gotta go back to the red. Oh, Roos, oh. The red. The red rooster versus Lanny Poffo. Oh. I, I'm sure. I'm sure we may have a joke or two about um. About, <laughs> yeah. We're gonna have a joke or two about Cox wrestling uh the red rooster mm. <laughs> i think that's my, be my homework my homework is to uh write seven jokes about lanny poffo and the red rooster for you next week <laughs> hercules has got to be thrilled because now he gets to now he gets to face all the face jobbers oh yeah i mean all i mean all the heel jobbers for the for the as a face, mm-hmm. face now mm-hmm. anyway well thank you for joining me I, I look forward to editing uh this together Very it's gonna good. be a it's one of the joys of my life as I watch NFL action on Sunday and fucking yeah. hate every second of it. <laughs> Is he well, enjoy the edit- <laughs> editing or the football. I don't know. A little from column A, a little from column B. Remember, Gordon Soley said the regular season is a work, but the Super Bowl is a shoot. <laughs> All right. On that note. <laughs> now, now, Keithy, I, I saw that you were on. Um, you heard about Pluto with Jennifer Smith watching the newlywed game. Yeah. Yeah. That was a trip. I, and I had said to, um, I had, I had asked, I had suggested to you and I said, I should tell her that we should watch the Yule log channel for like an hour and just talk over it. And you went, that would be really funny. Um, I almost sold her on that, (laughs) but Uh, but we decided to watch the newlywed game. See, did you drop the thing of like every five minutes I'm gonna remark on what's happening with the log? Like that that's the way to play that. I think, I think that might be our next watch of Pluto, because I think I because we had a really fun time. So and and we have and her and I have like easy conversations. So I think we could swing watching a Yule log for an hour. <laughs> well, Jenny's a sensational uh, podcast is. host yes. and i and i use that adjective uh very much on purpose uh, sensational mm-hmm. yes <laughs> so, so she has to play sensational sherry in every uh in every this is, this play is that exists. yes yes uh but uh yes they uh, yeah i i got nothing yeah yeah um i i will say that upcoming towards the end of the month um something i'm really i'm actually proud of how horrible this is um, on the North South connection with the multiverse of fabulousness with Johnny C, we recorded. Um, it's 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 our version of December to dismember, and we purposely booked the worst pay per view ever. Uh, but the caveat to this was that it was called it was called uh, Secret Wars Universe, so we were allowed to pull uh, wrestlers from any generation ever, any year ever. So you could you could literally have a match between. Um, I'll just give you a year, for example, like 1992, January 92, Greg, the hammer Valentine, um, versus, oh, let's say 1988, 
Terry Taylor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could just, and you have to have, and we have to give an ending, and you have to give like the finish and everything like that. So the whole point of the the whole point of the project was to create the worst pay per view ever, and. Um, yeah, they're pretty fucking bad, but they're pretty funny. So that's going to be coming out on the North South Connection. So check that out. It's mm-hmm. I was very proud of that. <laughs> Barb and I always liked listening to Keithy on podcasts. We never had a problem with him. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. I'm running that bit into the ground. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. I but... need to grow. I need to grow facial hair like the warlord. Yes. Yeah. And then shave the rest of your head. Mm. Well. <laughs> Thank, thank, no, thank you. You still so, have good hair, so don't thank you that. so much. I, I'm slightly less sick than I was <clears throat> okay. when I started this podcast. Oh, good. The which, healing uh, power of laughter. <laughs> and the healing power of Barb. The heal the healing power of watching the Barney Miller theme song. <laughs> do, 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 do. All right. Uh, all right. <laughs> all right. And please, if you've enjoyed this thing of Oz, that uh, well, you know that. We, we we haven't spent 20 years on it, and we certainly would never. You don't ever admit the existence of this thing. Of course thing. not, Phil. Well, you can leave a five-star review on Spotify, on, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcast reviews are accepted, because it provides what is known as social proof that you're listening to and enjoying this program. Mm-mm. All right. That's that's about I, I I don't have anything to plug. I'm in semi-retirement. I'm, I'm done. So I'm going to drag you out one day. Yeah, I no. promise. I do this, but I don't ma- admit the existence of this thing. I know. So. I'm gonna drag you out into something you can admit. Maybe mm. it'll be a review of like the uh, Saugus Wings at uh, at, at Kowloon. <laughs> oh, great! Come on, huh? <laughs> yeah, like like I I have to be kick drag kicking and screaming the Chinese. You know what I think? You you keep saying how you owe me a dinner, and I think I'm gonna record our dinner and then just play that as a podcast. So uh, my my di- my dinner with Keithy. Tell me more. <laughs> anyway. All right. Thank you for joining me again. And tune in next time for another exciting edition. GFA Live. Turn that off. <laughs>